You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to A Bigger Life podcast. Last week, we looked at the first verse of Psalm 27. Psalm 27 has been one of my favorite psalms for quite a while, and I have uh, a few of these verses in it memorized that I use in my own time of meditation and prayer. Uh, Just as a reminder, I think the psalms are really powerful in our lives because, well, like Jesus says, they were written by the Holy Spirit. We talked about that in some episodes past. And they were written by the Holy Spirit through the psalmists, most of them David, the King David wrote most of them, for the purpose of helping us worship, helping us draw near to God, helping us pray and meditate. But basically the bottom line is to help us see our circumstances with the benefit of not just seeing them horizontally, looking at the people and the circumstances and the things in our lives, that are affecting our lives. That's sort of the the flat, horizontal view of life. But what happens with the Psalms and what happens when we bring in the perspective that the, the perspective the Psalms give us is that it raises our sights to have the vertical dimension as well. And so instead of seeing things flat and being trapped in that angle, that point of view, we're able to raise our sights with the vertical and we raise the ceiling of how we see our circumstances. We raise the ceiling to the big blue sky of God's whole creation and what God is doing in our lives through our circumstances, in our circumstances. And so the, the as we said before, a lot of the context of these Psalms is written in the context of fear. And that certainly is true with Psalm 27. Uh, David says in verse 2 and 3 that his circumstances were people, adversaries, foes, an army encamps against him, a war arises against him. Now, we don't know if that's happening right now or if that's just the threat, but either way, it's the threat that he's thinking of as he writes this psalm. And it it was the seeing vertically in this psalm is what allows him to, what he says, my heart shall not fear in verse 3, even though war arise against me, I will be confident. And so we looked last week, or excuse me, the last episode at verse 1, where it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So he's the one that gives light to my darkness. He gives life to my death, as all sunlight does. He's my salvation. And we know this now with the rest of the story of the Bible, that salvation means that God is is bringing resurrection and bringing a restoration in our lives to what we were originally meant to be, a restoration to glory and to beauty and to righteousness and to a wisdom and to life with a capital L that Jesus talks about why he came to bring life and to bring it abundantly. This is the whole trajectory of the gospel narrative and the gospel promise for us. So the Lord is my light and my salvation. So whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. He holds strong my life in his hand. So whom shall I be afraid? And that's what David's talking about here. And I think we have to think of it in terms of all the things in our lives, because most of the, most of the things that, that we do where we are our own worst enemy is when we're responding 
wrongly to our horizontal circumstances, to our situ- to our life circumstances. Whenever we respond without the benefit of the vertical view, we usually respond in ways where it's destructive to either ourselves, those we love. Uh, in some way, we bring more harm than good. And so we're trying to get through this pandemic by learning how to pray scripture and how to see vertically. And I just want to look at a couple more verses, actually three more verses in this psalm. Uh, to help us benefit from the wisdom that David had. Remember last week we talked about part of seeing vertically is to see my future, uh, to see my present in light of the future, the advantage point of the future, that God is my salvation, he's my light, I'm going to be restored to glory, resurrection, he holds my life strong in his hands. And the other part that I wanted to talk about, and we're going to go back to that in a little bit, but the other part of seeing vertically is to see my future really being about one thing. And this is hard for us because this is this is where if we're if we're not used to understanding the biblical view of God and the biblical view of what the good the good news is, the gospel is, we're not used to thinking in terms of, you know, I was created with a heart that will only be satisfied by God Himself. All the good gifts that he gives, he gives as good gifts, but they were really never meant to make me happy, to make me satisfied. They're just simply good gifts that will not satisfy. They'll make me emptier unless they're enjoyed when God is the one who satisfies my soul. When God is the one I understand that brings life and salvation and light into my life. And so David prays in verse 4, there's one thing he says, one thing have I asked of the Lord. So with all my circumstances, all my desires, all my fears, all my anxieties, it ultimately comes down to one thing, my whole life, all my future, all my well-being, the satisfaction of my soul forever ultimately comes down to one thing. He says, one thing I have asked of the Lord. If you could ask one thing of God, what would it be? One thing. What would it be that you want the most? That if you had that, then everything else flows from there. Well, the one thing that David talks about here, and the one thing that the Bible tells us really is the one thing, one thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That's just language of poetry that says, look, there's really only one thing that my life is is going to have to have for me to be satisfied. And unless I have it, I'm always going to be unsatisfied. And that is that I would dwell, he says here, in the house of the Lord. That's a, that's a poetic way of saying in the family of God, in the presence of God, with God as my, with the Yahweh, the I am as the one that my, my, my eyes can look upon to gaze upon the beauty and the glory of the I am. And to inquire here, he says in his temple, that word inquire is a Hebrew, actually it's a play upon where it's a figure of speech that literally means to plow, to care for. And I think what he's saying there is to, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to dig deeper into the presence of God, to know God more and more, to know God better. One thing that you need 
And then he says in verse, the last two verses, verse 13, and I'm going to read these and talk about it, and then we're, we're going to have a time of prayer about it. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. The seeing vertically means that we see the future into the present, like we said in the last episode. We're able to see the present in light of the future, as if we've come back from the future, as if we're living now with all the knowledge and the wisdom of what we know the future will be for us. And so we can see things now without the anxiety and without the worry and without the fear, because we know the future that we shall, he says here, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord, the beauty of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. I will be in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He said, I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's what the resurrection is going to be, is on a restored earth, a restored land with the full beauty restoration that Christ will bring to this creation. And if we can see now in light of that certain future, because Christ is already died, he's already risen from the dead, he's already ascended into heaven, it's in play, it's going to happen, this plan is unfolding, he's going to come back, he's going to restore creation, he's going to restore us with a resurrection to glory and to righteousness and to wisdom and to beauty, and that future is something we can see the present as if it's a lens we put on our eyes, we see the present in light of that future. So he says, so wait, be strong, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Courage says to fear, courage says to anxiety, I know my future. I know my future is one where I'm going to be in the presence, the house of the Lord, the presence of God, where he wipes away every tear, it's the presence of the Lord where he dwells. And it's like a, the revelation says, like a stream that flows from the throne of God. It's a stream that satisfies. It's the glory and the life and the beauty and the restoration. Everything my heart longs for being in the presence of God on a restored, glorious earth and a restored, glorious body. I know my future is a future of goodness. I believe that I will look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I just need one thing. And everything else flows from that. One thing is that I would dwell in the house of Yahweh, the house of the I am forever to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And, and nothing can threaten that. No circumstance can threaten that. If, if, if my faith is in this promise, if Christ is my desire that I want him to be my king and my God, nothing can take that away. Let's take these verses that David wrote out as, as prayers and make them our prayer, written by the Holy Spirit. There's a power that happens in our heart. There's a power that happens in our spirit, our soul, when we take these prayers of the Holy Spirit and we make them our meditation, we make them our prayers. So let me, let me lead you in a time of prayer. Try to make it your prayer. I'll try to pray something that, that you can also make as your prayer as you follow along. Lord, Yahweh, the I Am, the I Am who has forever 
been God. You are the source of all existence, the giver of all life, and you are the I am. You are always in the present tense, in my present tense. You are my light, my life, and my salvation. The one who redeems my life from darkness, redeems my life from all the the things that are destructive that hang on to me and that I hang on to. You, you are my salvation. You rescue me. You will deliver me. You are my resurrection to come, my glory, my restoration, my righteousness. Whom shall I fear? Because no one can take you from me. You're my life. You're my salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of my life the one who holds strong my life in your hands, of of whom shall I be afraid? Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident, because you're my confidence. There's one thing that I ask that, that I can't live without. Every, I, I, of course I ask for other things too. These are gifts. These are things that I ask you for. Anything that makes me anxious, you say to come before you and ask. But those aren't things I have to have. Those are things I want. But if I don't get them, it all will still be the story of satisfaction and restoration to come. But the one thing I cannot lose, the one thing that I must have is you. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. I cannot have a future. There is no point to life. There is nothing but despair if I don't have you. One thing I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after. That's what we're doing now. That's what I'm praying for now, that I'm seeking after you, God, as the one thing that my soul needs the one thing I must have to live, the one thing I must have to be joyful, the one thing that I must have to be satisfied. And without that, life is not worth living, and that is to dwell in your presence all the days of my life, to dwell in the house of the Lord. I think of Psalm 23, verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is my prayer, that I would dwell in your presence forever, your family forever, your protection forever. That I would be where you are all the days of my life, to gaze upon your beauty, to gaze upon your glory, to gaze upon everything that my soul was created to long for and will never be satisfied without. One thing that I seek after, one thing that I pray, and that is for you. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of Yahweh, the goodness of the I Am, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is the future from which I can look at all my circumstances now, I believe. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the beauty of the Lord, the love of the Lord, 
the perfect acceptance of the Lord for me in Christ. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land, the restored land, the restored earth of the living. No death, no evil, no sin, no gossip, no judgmentalism, no jealousy, no pride. The land of the living in the goodness of the Lord. That I know that that this is the future I believe is true. And so I look at my circumstances now in light of this confidence. I look at the fears that I have now in light of the confidence that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I want to wait for you, Lord. I want to be strong and I want my heart to take courage and wait for you because I know that you are certainly going to fulfill your promise. It's already in play. Christ has already been born. He's already died on the cross for me. He's already risen from the dead and he will restore with a resurrection everything in this world. So I wait for you. My heart takes courage, and so with courage I say to fear, with courage I say to worry, with courage I say to anxiety, I know my future. I know my future is one of glory and life and beauty and restoration, and I will dwell securely in the house of the I Am, the one who is God over the entire universe, who created the entire universe, will be whose house I am in, in his presence forever, in his goodness forever. I just need one thing. I need one thing, and everything else flows from that. The one thing is that I would seek after, that I would have, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And no circumstance can threaten that. I am in the strong grip of God. He is the stronghold of my life. He holds my life strong in his hands. So what shall I fear? Who shall I fear? Because I just need one thing. So Lord, I pray more and more that you would give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of that one thing, the knowledge of God. That I would dwell even now, gazing upon your glory with my imagination that comes from meditating on these scriptures, gazing upon your beauty, gazing upon your love, gazing upon your goodness, gazing upon your wisdom, gazing upon your perfect plan for my life, even though I can't see the details and even though I can't see all the turns and twists, I know that you have a race marked out for me and I trust you. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard at times. You're going to make me run hills, but I trust you that it's leading to this one thing, to gazing upon the beauty of the Lord all the days of my life, looking upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is the promise of the one who holds strong my life in your hands. You are my light, and you are my salvation, and you are the stronghold of my life, and there's nothing to fear because I just need that one thing, and that's you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.